Welcome to Ortho Tutorials. My name is Ezekiel Oburu. I am an orthopedic surgeon and our topic of discussion today is fibrous dysplasia. Thank you. Fibrous dysplasia is a developmental hematoma in which the areas of the skeleton fail to mature normally and remain indefinitely as immature, poorly mineralized trabecular. Normal skeletal tissue is replaced by fibrous tissue. Fibrous tissue replacing normal bone can result in complications including fractures or compression of adjacent soft tissues including neurovascular structures. Fibrous replacement of bone can also lead to pathological fractures in weight-bearing bones or in upper extremities of people who may use the upper extremities vigorously like athletes. Malignant transformation is rare and remote radiotherapy has been reported as a risk factor. So what is the epidemiology of the same? Fibrous dysplasia accounts for 5% of bone lesions commonly presenting during the adolescence and has no gender predilection. It can be classified as either monostotic, which is involving one bone, and that's 85%, or polyostotic. When I was an undergraduate, I remember during one of my ward rounds, one of my teachers, a professor, used to talk of various syndromes. And there was one called McCune, Albright syndrome, in which it's a rare triad of fibrous displacement, dysplasia. It's a rare triad of one, fibrous dysplasia, two, cafe or lay spots, which are irregular, also known as coast of Maine. If you remember, Maine is a state in the United States that's found in the northeast as compared with a regular outline of coast of California in neurofibromatosis, which is also a state on the western coast of the United States. And they also have precocious puberty. They also have precocious puberty. So remember, number one, they may have fibrous dysplasia, they have cafe lay spots, and precocious puberty. So what are the clinical features? The patient may present with bone pain, bone deformities, and or pathological fractures. There may be entrapment neuropathies as a result of expanding bone lesions. So what are the investigations that one may do? One may do laboratory tests like alkaline phosphatase, which really may be normal, parathyroid hormone, and uh, vitamin D levels. But radiologically, what will one find? Now, when one does radiology, it will really depend on the bone that one is examining. Intramedullary diaphyseal lesion may present with what is known as a ground glass appearance, where the tissue that is more loosened with similar to the density of cancellous bone. It is homogeneous with no trabecular pattern. The cortex may be thinned and it may be slightly bulging with industrial scalloping. The patient may also have an angular deformity at the site of 
the lesion. The patient may present specifically in the femur with acoxalvara that is known as a shepherd's crook deformity and there may be secondary limb length discrepancy. So what's the treatment of uh, giant cell tumor? The treatment of giant cell tumor can either be non-operative or uh, operative. Non-operative includes radiotherapy, which is only indicated in inoperable or uh, a patient with multiple recurrence or a patient with tumors in areas really which are not accessible like uh, the sacrum or large vertebral body uh, tumors. Medical management may include uh, denosumab and biphosphonates. And this may help in stabilizing the lesions and may augment or replace uh, surgical management of uh, the patient. Operative management may involve curating, sorry, operative management may involve curatage and bone grafting. So it really depends on uh, the age of the patient, the site of the tumor. One may elect to do curatage and bone grafting with uh, addition of bone cement. One may elect to do wide excision uh, with application of uh, allograft, or one may elect to do uh, an arthroplasty. And do not forget the adjuvant uh, treatments like we mentioned above. So what are the complications? Complications of giant cell tumor include stress fractures, osteoarthritis of the knee joint, pulmonary uh, metastasis, uh, the tumor may recur, and uh, the patient may get joint degeneration. So what is uh, the next uh, topic? Uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, after joint degeneration, just uh, close that podcast. Next topic uh, that we will have a look at is um, nanosifying fibroma. Welcome to Ortho Tutorials. My name is Ezekiel Oburu. I am an orthopedic surgeon uh, who works at Nairobi Spine and Orthopedic Center, and I also teach at the University of Nairobi. And our topic of discussion today is uh, non ossifying fibroma. So a non-ossifying fibroma is a hematomatous defect in the metaphysial cortex of skeletally immature adolescents. It can either be referred to as a fibrocortical defect or a non-ossifying fibroma. It is referred to as a fibrocortical defect if the diameter is less than two centimeters and it is a non-ossifying fibroma if the diameter is more than two centimeters. It is really benign, it's fibrogenic, and it can result from dysfunctional ossification. Patients present between the ages of five and 15 with an asymptomatic lesion discovered incidentally in the radiographs most of the time. Although the patient may present with a pathological fracture. So, what is the epidemiology? It occurs in about 30 to 40% of skeletally immature children. I'll repeat that, buddy. It occurs in 30 to 40% of skeletally immature children. It's more common in males with a ratio of 2 to 1 and in children of the ages 5 to 15. It commonly affects the metaphysis of long bones 
with 80% occurring in the lower extremity. What is the etiology? Like we've said, it is benign fibrogenic. It is related to dysfunctional ossification, possibly due to abnormal osteoclastic resorption during remodeling of the metaphysis. So how do the patients present? The patients are usually asymptomatic, and really this is found uh, incidentally. But one may use x-rays to diagnose this, and depending on what you find, if the patient has an anosophagic fibroma, it's more than 2 centimeters. In diameter, it is eccentric. In the metaphysial region, it has a sclerotic margin with slight expansion of the cortex, usually more than a third, usually less than a third of the diameter of the bone. Now, if it's a fibrocortical defect, it's more than 2 centimeters. It has a small cortical lucency and a sharply defined border. So what's the treatment? Usually it's self-limiting, but bone grafting may be uh, uh, required for painful lesions or impending pathological fractures. If the patient has developed uh, a pathological fracture, then this may need to be treated. So one, you could either observe uh, the patient uh, and, you know, you could do just serially x-rays, see the patient, you know, every year. But if the lesions are large, then you may need to manage with curatage and bone grafting or fixation of a fracture if it has occurred. Thank you very much. Kind regards. Sorry, uh, Amani, just uh, thank you very much. And see you next time. Amani. Buddy, buddy, yeah. come.